1: You know, it's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, I got to tell you, uh, Benny, we've got another two hours of powerful radio. Just it just, uh, you know, every every time I turn around, I ask myself, how does it get any better than this? Right.
0: It's tough to top it each time.
1: It's tough. But we to can top do it. it. We prevail. We do prevail. We do prevail. And, you know, and every day. I get more and more inspired. You, you know, somebody said to me yesterday, Benny, they said, like, dude, like, aren't you, like, tired of this? We saw that this is your 15th year anniversary. You guys are doing something cool for that. Um, aren't you tired, Pat? I mean, and I'm like, what the bleep are you talking about? Are you tired? <laughs> are you kidding me? No way. I'm, I gotta tell you, I am just warming up. Just warming up. Um, so, here's what I want to say to set the stage for today, Benny. You know, many of you all have heard me talk little bits and pieces about my childhood, what happened to me, um, in, in the abuse in Catholic boarding school, the suicide of my mom, um, being homeless uh, at a very young age. You know, well, maybe not as young as most of you, but 17. You know, all of those things that led me on a pathway so that here I am today and I look back and I ask myself, what gives me the right to be able to talk about traumatic experiences? You know, what gives me that stamp of approval to do that? And I was talking with my guest, author of Broken, powerful powerful, powerful, powerful book. It is a book for our time. It's more than a book for our time. This should actually be a movie because I am here with Commander Master Chief Leon Walker, Leon R. Walker. And the reason that this is important for everybody to hear is that we are in the month of June, but I gotta tell you, look at the statistics, look at my research. You will see that it's not just June, that we are talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. But this is an awareness month. So when you hear PTSD, that is a mega acronym for something that goes so deep into people and what it affects that thanks to Master Chief, thanks to, you know, Leon Walker, thanks to Leon Walker Jr., thanks to the book that we are about to talk about the survival instincts of a child, thanks to this, we might be able to get underneath what is happening to our youth right now, why we wanna numb out, and what it is we can do about it. So today, I'm so thrilled, really excited, thrilled, to introduce you to somebody That was so courageous in his life, but now courageous in his telling of his story of life, because that is no, no small feat. And he's here today as a Navy vet, motivational speaker, the author of Broken, right? 32-year decorated naval veteran, more than 11 deployments in the Persian Gulf and other areas of conflict. Somebody that is out in the world to say, wait, I am a dad. I am somebody that is out in the world and I want to help other people because there's something that I know that I could say, that I could do to provide relief. And his book, Broken, opens that door. Master Chief, it's great to have you here.
2: Dr. Pat, thanks for having me. I really appreciate that introduction.
1: I want to start with a question I've been asking people for 15 years, because I got to tell you, I dialed the wrong phone number. That's why I'm here. I'm not a radio broadcast person. I'm a person that wanted to help people. But uh, how this happened is so beyond any capability I have. But the question that came to me 15 years ago, my very first show was this. Master Chief, look, you've been through so much in your life, and you are out there helping others change theirs. What are some of the challenges and obstacles that you've personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment?
2: Well, some of the challenges and obstacles I've had were uh, a lack of confidence, low self-esteem, not believing in myself. Uh, I was alone wanting others to love me, to help me, to get me move forward uh i was a slow learner uh i was called dumb and stupid but you know (laughs) it affected me and i said you know what i got tired of those obstacles i got tired of those brick walls in front of me so those were a lot of challenges and a lot of people have the same challenges some people never make make it through those challenges but i'm here to tell you it's not hard at all and uh i just decided i don't want i don't want those challenges anymore just like you don't you may not want some bad food anymore you may not want to a bad soup in your mouth anymore. Well, what do you do? You you fix it. You take care of it. And I'm one of those people that once they get tired of something, people get tired of being tired, you do something about it. And we all have the capability to do that, to change what's in front of us.
1: Yeah. I got to tell you, I get tired of being tired. And I think you're right, right about that. Yeah. Yeah. We get to the point where, I said this yesterday on the show, I had a mentor that said to me, Pat, you know, here's the deal with you. You know, let me just tell you the deal with you. Here, here's when you, Pat, you're going to change. You're going to change when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. That's when you're going to change. You're going to change when staying the same, being your old, same old, same old self, when that thing right there gets so painful, you're going to look up one day and say, I'm done. Did you have it a happens. moment like that? <laughs> Did you have one of right. those?
2: <laughs> it's coming, and it's coming. I tell people, even if you're just tired of sitting on a doggone couch, that's just, that's painful. It's like, I'm tired of not doing anything. You're going to pop up and, and make some changes. You will. That's why I tell people, I don't force anybody to do anything. I give them an idea. I give them a vision. I give them a blueprint, and I let it go. That's the most the least I can do, but that's the most I'm going to do, because I know the effects of it.
1: Yeah, look, I got to take something right out of the book and read it, because I, I think that, You know, this is an important way to start the show. You and I have so much in common, I can't even tell you. I couldn't stand Christmas. I can't tell you, Uh, but here we go. Here's the way the book starts out. I love this. It goes like this. For those children who are struggling with life each and every day, I was you. For those of you who are being broken, damaged, abused, left alone, and given away, I was you. Here I stand before you to tell you my story. I'm going to discuss a way of life that most people know nothing about, but all of you who have been through it or are going through it will now understand. And I got to say how powerful that is, uh, because right now we are now getting the statistics and the information coming in on the state of affairs of people in our country. And we are we have the highest anxiety rate, one of the highest anxiety rates in the world. And we have post-traumatic stress disorder from everything from real trauma in the military to school violence. What are we here to do and say about it?
2: Yeah, we have to. And not only, here's the thing, Dr. Pat. uh, We have a lot of people with PTSD. We have a lot of people with a lot of issues. But a lot of those people are not willing to come forward and talk about it. I'm willing to come forward and talk about it for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm not that person anymore. Second of all, I want to help people get through these things and let them know hey, it's not that hard. Is it tough? Yes. Uh, but it's not hard to overcome those things you have to want. Like we just talked about being tired of being tired. You know, we have to be the people who want to open up these things to get back. But, you know, a lot of people are okay with, with people having PTSD and being down and, and not functional because that makes it easier for them to move forward in life. Those are selfish people. I'm not a selfish person at all. <laughs>
1: But, you know, this is where we are today. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I didn't have Master Chief Leon R. Walker Jr. to really help me. But now we right. do. Now we yeah. do. How, yeah. how I, I read your book, and I got to tell you, it is an act of courage to come out and, and be as authentic as as you are, and yet at the same I- time, as passionate about helping others. How do we begin the process with so many people that are in so much pain? What if people? What are people saying to you that are in this pain when you speak with them?
2: Well, people are, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are saying, wow, I've had people, Dr. Penn, I've had people ask me, how did you survive? Uh, and i tell them because they wanna know because those are the same people that are planning suicide, I was that same little kid. A lot of people hug me. A lot of people say, hey, you know, like you just said, how did you have the courage to talk about this? Are you sure you want to put this out there? Yes, I'm sure. Like I was talking last night, I was on the show. I lived with PTSD for 28 years and didn't even know I had PTSD, Dr. Pat. I had no idea. I didn't realize I was abused until I was 60. So I had a problem suppressing things. I had a problem hiding things. And even though I was successful, I was still... In a, in a dysfunctional state, state, state of mind, because I was hiding things, I wasn't coming forward with it, I wasn't honest about it, but I was so successful. So my success made me happy, made other people happy. But on the deep down, on the inside, I was unhappy. I was unhappy. So I figured out a way. I said, you know what? We need. I need to start talking to people and telling my story, just a little bit, to help somebody's life. I want to save somebody's life. If I'm talking to this person today, I would love to see them again tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to do. They come before me right now. It's my turn to be the messenger. And that's all I look at.
1: Yeah. You know, we're going to take a short break because this is a message that I spoke about yesterday. And one of the things I said yesterday, and I'd love to hear your comment on this when we come back. One of the Mm -hmm. things I said yesterday was, I understand we're in the middle of an opioid crisis, uh, better known. In a lot of circles, it's called heroin. Well, I, I grew up in the Bronx, that's called like that's right. like a drug, right? But here's what I want to say about it: when you, if you were to take every bit of that drug and somehow could magically, magically destroy it, are we still getting at the reason that folks are taking it? I'm going to give that question to Master Chief. Let's take a short break, everybody. I'm not answering that. We're going to, we'll be right back.
3: Join the New Earth
1: on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com.
0: Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit thekarmicpath.com.
3: learn and explore fascinating and practical uses of essential oils, how to use them, and how they can enhance your everyday life. The Oil Lounge was founded by three remarkable women with fascinating stories about how essential oils changed their lives. Tina and Laura from The Karmic Path have joined forces to educate the masses in the benefits of young living essential oils. For more information, visit theoillounge.com.
0: Are you feeling stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a healthy relationship filled with inspiration? You might just be on the verge, on the verge of attracting your soulmate. Tune in each month to The Laura Richer Show, where
1: dating coach Laura Richer share tools for using your dating breakdown for a relationship breakthrough. For more information, visit richerhealinghypnosis.com. Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. I'm so thrilled to have Commander Master Chief Leon R. Walker Jr. joining me here today. As I said, he is also a motivational speaker, fabulous coach. Uh, He is author of the book, Broken, The Survival Instincts of a Child. And I have to say that for those of you out there, you know, this is uh, one of those books, and Benny, we're actually gonna give a copy away. This is one of the books that gets at the heart of what's happening in our country, uh regardless of age, but it gets at the heart. It really gets at what the traumas, the tribulations are, what people have gone through, how we take that trauma with us, you know, what triggers it? How does it hold us back? And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. Uh but before we do, um Master Chief, can you can you give us a website? How can people find out more about you?
2: Yeah, my website is I and inspire1.com. So the word one is O-N-E, I inspire1.com. Um, I'm Leon R. Walker on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, my YouTube is Leon R. Walker. I'm working on that now. So um, yeah, that's it. That's how they can contact me, I inspire1.com, Leon R. Walker on YouTube, and um, I'm sorry, on um, Facebook and Instagram, and YouTube is Leon Walker Jr.
1: Thank you. Look, I got to start with something you and I do have in common, and it goes back uh, and for different reasons. One uh-huh. is I had a real issue with my birthday, but my birthday's in December, uh, and I also had a real issue with Christmas, but not for the reasons people think. You and I right. have that in common. Let's talk about why. Why yeah. Christmas was not a happy time for us.
2: Okay, so my reason the reason why Christmas was, was not a happy time for me is because it took one incident, and I knew then that this incident, it wasn't isolated, Dr. Pat, because not only did we have issues on holidays, we had issues throughout the throughout the years. So I knew coming with Christmas, there was alcohol, there was food, there were people that may have been, men that may have been attracted to my mother, men, or women that may have been attracted to my father, but yet still I found out that my mother, my grandmother, didn't, get along. They had, by far, the most toxic relationship a mother and daughter could have. And that was the example that my sister had. So, later on in life, and I'm going to ask you a question, but later on in life, my mother, my, my mother and my sister didn't have a great uh, relationship. That was passed down from my grandmother to my mother, to my sister. And so, going to my grandmother's house for, for Christmas, all I wanted to do was sit around and laugh and play and open toys, of course, like most kids do on Christmas, but my grandmother was a great cook, you know, not only with the food, but the she's a great bake, baker. And so I just wanted to go in there and taste some greens. I kind of looked at my mother, and most of her, let's go in the, in the, in the kitchen and taste my mother's greens. Uh, you know, like I know, a woman that, uh, that has her own house, her own car, whatever, her own kitchen, they don't want the other women in their kitchen for whatever reason. But that was the same thing that happened with my mother's grandmother. So we go in there. And my mother gave me some greens out the pot, and I knew I kind of felt my grandmother's presence. And when I felt her, by that time I had felt the the the, the pain, the thunder slap that the on she put on my mother. And I felt it through the her, my mother's arm. My mother holding my hand. Wow. I felt the vibration of the slap on my mother's face, my to my grand my grandmother. And mm. from that point on, I said, you know, I don't like, I don't, I just didn't like it. It's just, that's what represented Christmas for me was violent.
1: Yeah. But this is really the story and, uh, of what happens when you grow up and you're this child and you're, you're thrown into a situation. And let's talk about it in two different ways. I want to talk about the disciplinarian first before sure. I talk about some of the other horrific things. Uh, but let's talk about the disciplinarian first. Um, sure. You know, that is a term I grew up with. I grew up in an Italian Catholic family, right? Right, And right. discipline was, you know, that, that, that word was used more often than you can imagine. Pretty um, tough. Pretty tough. But yeah. to some extent, there was part of that that I really appreciated. I mean, my stepmom was a disciplinarian. And I'm telling you, I know that I am the woman I am today because of her. What does right. that mean to you? How were you shaped and molded by, uh, you, you know, the people like that in your life?
2: Well, see, there it was a couple of ways. Um, through my parents, of course, it's like you. Um, but my mother was, uh, my mother had a very addictive personality. So we're going to talk about my father because my father was disciplinary. My father was extreme. It was too cold for me because it helped me and it hurt me because I started to repeat those same actions. it came to discipline my father was very extreme so it wasn't just you get a stank and it's like you got to take off all your clothes and you lay on the bed and you stretch out and you wait for him it was mental torture and it was physical torture you wait for him to come come thank you or you go out outside and get your own switch uh from you know so that you can get thanked by your father with your own switch off the street so it was a lot of mental torture too um but it what it did was it, it told me you know you know what i don't this is extreme I don't want to get whooped anymore. I want to get spanked anymore. So I'm going to act right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to, I'm not going to lie anymore. But if I do something wrong, if I screw up, I'm going to tell the truth. Now, what that did to me in a negative sense is that I was extreme to my kids who did not grow up like I did. They were never homeless. They were never molested. They were never abused. So they didn't understand. They didn't They didn't have the mental strength that I had. They weren't tough. And I slowly ceased in that. So that was twofold for me when it, the way my father was extreme with discipline. My kids were unable to handle that. So it kind of put a strain on our relationship when I was fainting them like I was fainting So it didn't work, really, to be, to be honest. It really didn't work.
1: Mm. You know, it's hard to imagine um, where things end up. So you and I here are uh, have taken accumulation of our life's experience and we're out to create a better world. But it's right. not through going through some seriously tough times. Look. I mentioned earlier that I work with women in recovery, addiction and alcohol. Uh, and I right. gotta tell you, I, I honestly don't think the statistics on that are, 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 are actually realistic. And I wanna ask you about this. Drugs, right. alcohol, and abuse. Right. Those three together are the perfect storm for a lifetime of post-traumatic stress disorder. What's your right. experience with them? Because I know you share so much in the book.
2: Yeah. So those, they, they're lack, drugs, alcohol abuse, whatever, um, all of that, is, what it's doing is masking a lot of pain. I I learned a lot of that from my mother. Uh, it kept her out, out of it kept her out of reality. The reality, first of all, losing her husband, then losing her house, then losing her kids before people. Be, because right before we lost the house, before my mother got divorced, she was. they would smoke marijuana and drink wine. No big deal, right? Yeah. Recreational stuff. However, the pain had become so unbearable for her losing her husband and then the house and the kids, and it was embarrassing. And then if people were saying that she's an unfit mother, she had no other escape but to mask herself with self-medicating drugs. And with, when you self medicating drugs, I was doing the same thing. It wasn't hard drugs. It was alcohol. You take yourself out of reality, whether it's like for five hours, four hours, but take yourself out of that reality. Because when people are in the reality of pain for so long, now you take it to another level, and it's suicide. So huh? my thing was drinking alcohol masked my pain for, let's say, five, six hours, maybe ten hours. It gave me courage. It made me forget about things. It made be lie. It made me see people. I understood that in my mother, not years after she was, died. He died in 2012. I didn't understand what he was doing with the drugs in 2015 when I started going through therapy. And I started talking to the psychiatrist, when I started talking to the psychologist. Understanding that masking your pain with drugs is only temporary. It doesn't fix anything. In fact, it makes it worse. So my experience with the the alcohol, uh, my experience with my mother doing crack, my experience with my therapist telling me about the effects. I knew the effects of drugs and alcohol. But I didn't know the face when it came to masking the pain and hiding something. I was hiding something all my life. My mother was hiding something all her life. She was hiding her pain of losing her husband, losing her house, and losing her children. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: You know, we're talking about things that, believe it or not, Master Chief, look, I, I thought about this before the show today, and I thought about, you know, where are we in this country? Where are we as a country in terms of the levels of what you and I are talking about today? And I got to tell you, we're in two places with it, two places. Right. One is we're talking about humanity, how people treat other people. Right. And we're talking about the recognition of that And then we're talking about the expose of that. And then we're talking about the action about that. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how things get worse. Generally speaking, in in cases like yours and mine, Uh how things get worse before they get better. But more importantly... What do you learn as a child? What are the things that you learn from all of this that believe it or not, can be a benefit to you when you get older. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, Angelic Walk-In Angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716, or visit angelhealinghouse.com. It's time to step into the power of yes. Creating the life you want is up to you. The power comes from saying yes to ourselves, yes to possibilities, and yes to change. Are you ready? Start achieving your goals and moving life in the direction you want. Tune in each month to Yes Minded Power Radio with Barbara Scheidiger to start living your future now. For more information about the show and working with Barbara, visit yesmindedpower.com.
3: A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth Is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful
1: knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages
3: of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today.
0: Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com.
3: The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change, with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change.
0: Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com.
1: Yeah, Benny. Thank you, Benny. <laughs> no Thank problem. Thank you, Benny. No problem. I don't know. You're you're just, that's incredible. Listen, everybody, Uh, Master Chief Leon R. Walker Jr. joining me here today. He's the author of a powerful, 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 powerful book. And the reason it's powerful is finally, finally, as many years as we have been talking about abuse, about post-traumatic stress disorder. The first interview I did was way back in the day with Congressman McDermott. you you know, with the VA talking about this, that was like, oh, my God, over a decade ago. And now here we are today, statistics, surveys, studies, a global study points to the United States and says, whoa, you people are way anxious. And here we are, we're talking about an opioid crisis, but we are not talking about what's underneath it. And I got to tell you, You know, for Master Chief to come out and write a book about that, that is an act of courage. Because those of us that come from families, whether you come from, you know, an African-American family or Latino family, when you speak out about your family, about a culture, about anything, even me when I spoke out about the workplace, that is a big, big deal because people come back at you. Master Chief, I got to ask you a question. Um, powerful story. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how some of the skills, both you and I learned, you know, through some of this, how it helped us um, in the world. But I want to ask you, this is an act of courage to write a book like this. You know, this is. is a book where you are talking about your family. I've talked about my family. When I talked about my mom's suicide, my family thought I made it up. Because they wow. don't have the letters she wrote, I do. What was uh, it like for you to write this
2: book? It was very liberating, uh, Dr. Pat. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be honest, always very honest. But when I went into writing this book, Dr. Pat, I was upset. I was extremely pissed off at the world, at my mother, at the people that molested me, that abused me. I was mad. So yeah, I said, wow, I, I still had anger issues. And I was 50 years old. I'm 53 now. <laughs> Yeah. So when I started writing it, right, that's when I learned to forgive people. I learned that, and going through therapy at 48, 49 years old, I learned to understand my mother more, why she couldn't love me like she wanted to because of the drugs. Uh, and then writing the book, I, I started envisioning everything, and I started letting everything go because I was holding on to people, Dr. Dr. Pat, I was holding on to people that were deceived. Those people had faith in my mind because they had molested me, they had raped me, and they were they were dead, and dead since the, in the seventies and eighties. Right. Right. And right. I'm like, wow. And I was writing so, so passionately. I was writing so long. I mean, hours, hours, and hours a day. I wrote for sixty-five days straight, five, six hours a day, and that's when I wind up with a thousand pages. But after I looked at it, I was like, I learned a lot about myself. I learned to let go. I learned that I can forgive. I learned that I do have a heart. I learned that there's no need for me to be upset. And I also learned that I'm, I'm angry at people that that did things to me back in, in 1978. I was carrying that burden with Dr. Pat. And that's what helped me out when I started writing the book. It helped me. It was, it was very liberating. It was, and I, it was eye-opening for me, too.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I got to tell you, there's part of your story that I, I want to talk about because it does have to do with the skills we learned. But, you know, I was reading in the book. And I I was reading the chapter, got my attention. You know, my my stepmom's from the South. So I have a whole interesting background of what the South looks like and what happens when people in white outfits come after you in the South. And so I have a real history of that with my folks and and what my mom and my grandparents did to stand up for people. But this is it. You call this the, the Ku Klux Klan in a suit. And boy, I'll tell you, I was reading this and I was thinking about my sister and my sister's kids. And I'm like, yeah, this is so right on. Tell us about this, because this is the place where you do go from foster home to foster home to foster home to foster home. Right. But here's what what you say. Let me read this. This is from you. This is your quote. Set your goals for someone else. If you let yourself down, no one will know. If you let someone else down, now you have a witness. Whoa. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so what I tell people, Dr. Pat, is you, me, Benny, you, we, we can set goals for ourselves and, and not tell anybody, right? And if we can sell those goals and not tell anybody, it doesn't mean anything. But if, I, if you and I have a great relationship, right, Dr. Pat, if you and I yeah. are very close, right? And if yeah. I don't want to ever let you down, if I don't want to ever hurt you, I'm going to say, Dr. Pat, I'm going to run three miles tomorrow. And when I get out on that pavement and I run those three miles or I get to mile one and a half and I'm tired and I'm hurt. But I'm saying, oh, I can't stop because I told Dr. Pat, I'm going to finish these three miles. I love Dr. Pat. She's my great friend. I committed to her. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. So that's why I share anything I say and do. With people that I love, people that I trust, people that I look up to, and people that I do not want to let down, I share my deepest, darkest, deepest goals and realities with those people. That's how I get energy to complete any task in this world. Anything. I don't just say it for myself because if you do it for yourself, it's like, all right, I'll sit in the corner and for five minutes. Nobody will know what's wrong. And if they ask me, I can lie to them. But yet they don't know that I failed that task by 20 points. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I, I share those things with very people that are very close to me so that I can I can keep the level of commitment in, 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 at an intense level. Yeah. And one of
1: the things I want to say about the courtroom, right, as you talk about this in this chapter, is, you know, there is a body of witnessing that happens in the courtroom. Uh, it's not always positive, but there right. is an experience that I don't think any— child should have to go through. No. I really don't. I don't think that it, any, any child should have to go through it. But when I think about your experience and what you write about here, uh, angry is like an understatement for this. How did well, you, yeah, but you took that anger and you did something with it. Right. How did all of this Help you excel in the military because I know for me, I did some things thereafter. You know, especially after being homeless, where I excelled, uh-huh. and I don't right. have any credentials whatsoever that I would excel in anything. But but we have our experience. We have learned some skills, Master Chief. Tell us how me they. Too.
2: Tell us how
1: those skills helped you in the military
2: or not. So what happened is I tell people, I'm not like uh, uh, I don't have a certain skill set. I do now, but they were developed. But but I'm not like a gifted or talented person. I'm just I'm just I'm just passionate about life. Okay. Yeah. So what happened yeah. was, this is what I tell people. For those that are listening, you can do a document. This is easy. You can anybody can do what I did. So I got tired, and I said, you know what? I'm going to envision this little kid. And I do it now. When I run into a situation, I want to be successful. I, I I give myself a picture. I paint myself a picture, and it's called talent. So I envisioned that little kid. That I was, that little kid I was, I was abused, broken. I pictured him on the floor, crying, being defeated, head down, eyes closed, hands over mm-hmm. his face. And I said, and every time I ditch that little boy, I, I I feel his his spirit. I do. I feel his emotions, and I get emotions talking about it. But when I talk to these young kids around right here now, I say, look, and and, and this is that person that she were last week or last month or when you got bullied, or when you got raped or molested, I'm not trying to bring this stuff back to you. But I'm saying, if this that person, you don't want to ever be again. And you keep that person in your pocket. You keep that person in your heart. You keep that person on your mind. And that was a reminder from who I am not going to go back to, because it was easy for me to go back to a and little boy. It was easy for me to go back to being addicted to porn. It was easy for me to go back to being addicted to older women. It was easy for me to do all of that stuff. But I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to visit
1: Yeah, uh, look. One of the things I love is being able to change my story about my past, and right. it took me a really long time to do that. You know, I—I I mean, I—it's great for me to sit here with Dr. Pat today, but look, I—my nickname was Pat the Brat growing up as a kid, so oh, wow. that gives you a sense of who I am, right? You um, so, Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah. But we have to change our perspective on our lives, right? Right. How were you able to do that and how do you help others do that today?
2: I changed my perspective on my life when I started wanting more out of life. When I got tired like we did, like we mentioned earlier, tired of being tired, but what I did was I started seeing myself as uh somebody that could do better, somebody that could beat better because I was testing myself. It all started off Dr. Pat, when I had these little army men in my basement, right? Mm-hmm. And I would I would set them up. It was me and my friends. I would have like little camps, little wars. We had hundreds of army men and I noticed that I could I could voice my opinion. I noticed that I could lead. I noticed that I could talk to these little army men, although they weren't talking back, but I noticed that I had the ability to communicate. I had the ability to 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 lead. And then I said, you know what? I started doing little push-ups and sit-ups, and i talked about this on the radio so on the radio show I was on. I said, you know what, I had good mentors. I had um my, I had good uh, examples. So I wanted to be, I knew I was gonna be in the military at an early age. anyway, getting back on the subject, I started doing push ups. So not only did I start working on my mind, developing my mindset with the army men by leading and communicating, I started developing my, my body as well. And when I saw that I can help Excuse me. When I saw that I can help and make myself grow, okay, make myself grow, I knew then I didn't really have to rely on many people. Yes, yeah, listen to my parents. Yes, yeah, I, I love and, and and had mentors in my life, and I had the people that gave me guidance and direction. But I had the ability to listen to them. So, aside from that, I put all everything together. I can I can communicate. I can lead. I can grow my own body and I have some great people in my corner. And I tell people. This is what I tell people. The way you want to be successful is, first of all, hold yourself accountable. Don't rely on other people. Rely on your parents. Yes, true. Listen to them. But hold yourself accountable. Have a vision. Develop your own blueprint. You know, you have the energy. You have the life in you. You have a heart. You have a mind. You have a brain. You have a soul. Use those things. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. So when I tell them my story, how I come from being broken and dysfunctional with addictions as a young child and ultimately serving 32 years, They're like, well, how did you do it? And I explained to them. I was driven. I wanted something more out of life. I wanted to help people. And I felt that I had God in my life at a young age. So I had a lot of things bought for myself, but I had to find them first.
1: Yeah. You know, look, first of all, for those of you tuning in, Benny, let's give a copy of the book away. The book is broken by Master Chief Leonor Walker, Jr. Fabulous book. It's about the survival instincts of a child. And I will tell you that the way that it's written, you are completely compelled, brought into the moments of experience of 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 what we're talking about here today. You know, whether it be in the kitchen or the basement or in the courtroom or in the foster care or in the military, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, let's just give a book away and then we'll come back and talk about it. Benny, skip the break. 1-800-930-2819. Let's give a a copy of the book. 1-800-930-2819. Let's give a copy of the book away. I want to go to something in the few minutes we have left, right? And and, and I can't remember where in the book uh, I found it, but I wrote it down and it's this. For some reason though, I can't explain this, I chose not to go down that path. And the path you can talk about that. God had me all along. He surely did, and that's why I love him. And I I like you. I was at a crossroads when I was when I was in my homeless situation where mm-hmm. I could choose to go down the path and go over to my associate's house, just call him that for now. <laughs> uh or i could beg a hotel manager to give me a room
3: right. but
1: somehow my car with no gas in it found its way in a hotel parking lot
3: hmm.
1: we know we were divinely guided
3: that's how right how right? has
1: god guided you tell me about that cuz that's key
2: yeah it's it's key so God has, has guided me in many, 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 many ways. But, Pat, Dr. Pat, I wasn't aware of what he was doing because I was more interested in getting what I wanted to get for myself and for my demons and for my addiction, right? But it took me a long time to, to recognize that my body is a temple, my mind is a temple, and it belongs to God. I was created by God. So he had guided me because there was some funny stories, but... A lot of times I got into some trouble and I got out of the trouble. I didn't even realize how I had gotten out of, out of trouble. I didn't realize how, how how did I make it home by being drunk and not crashing and, 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 and hurting somebody or killing myself? You know, how did we, how did I get this job for this interview and not even prepare for it? You know, how did I pass this test after being called dumb super slow in high school? How do these things, how are these things happening hmm. for me? And it woke, I woke up one day and said, "You know what? It it's nothing but God because I didn't try, but I don't try hard enough. But it, when I tried this little bit, God just gave me this little bit. But it was enough mm. to get my attention. But when I tried hard, He gave me more. So I knew it was God."
1: I tell you what, you got it. I mean, um, I was like you. I was slow. I was told I was stupid. I didn't find out till I went back to school. At age 44, that I had a little learning disability, um, right. but we get called those names because yeah, that's we, what yeah. happens. We get labeled, yeah. We get called those names.
2: You but that know, gave whether me it's energy, Doctor Pat. gave you so much.
1: You you oh, I know. I know.
2: I know. But you know, I like when people call me things like that. Now that I'm older and grown, they won't. But when I became successful, they stopped doing it. Right but when i was younger they called because i had nothing nothing to show for nothing to, to, to contradict what they were saying i had nothing but now going up and, and and going into the navy even before i went to the navy i was still called slow or you know <laughs> stupid but i know it changed when i went to the navy i will tell you that much it changed
1: and tell me why do you think it changed and how did it change because you excelled in the navy
2: i did it changed because i started not so people i started studying my parents i'm like why am I acting like this? Why do I have these addictions to drinking and and and, and being verbally abusive? What is going on with me? So I started, you know how to start doing I started doing, doctor? Well, tell studying me. my I started studying my parents. And in studying mm. my parents, I found out that, like I mentioned a while ago, almost an hour ago, I found that my mother had a very addictive personality and my father was extreme. So I had an extreme addictive personality. So I said, you know what, instead of focusing on this, focusing on this, My my energy and and my being an extremist, instead of focusing on women and and alcohol and fighting and being very abusive, how about I focus on being successful? How about I focus on helping other people? How about I focus on being number one in the top 1% of the top 1%? And that's what I did. Dr. Pat, I was putting energy into drinking alcohol. I was putting energy into chasing women. I was putting energy into lying and deceiving people. Once I changed that focus, my career took off, and I was unstoppable. I'm not bragging, but I'm telling you no, no. this because I can help other people do the same thing. My career took off, and it just kept going. Uh, and I did have a relationship with God. Let me, make, let me put that in there. But, Dr. Pat, my career took off when I switched my energy focus. That's all I did. I could still be out here being a womanizer. I could still be out here drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes and, and possibly smoking crack cocaine. But I shifted my energy focus. I shifted my mindset into something positive, possible, and that's all it was.
1: Yeah. But, you know, this is what it is. Uh, you and I, right, we know what it's like. When I first started this, I dialed the wrong phone number, and as I said to you before we even came on air, I don't have a background in journalism or radio. I had a passion. And three you months to, into this—
2: You got experience. I, yeah, you got experience.
1: But three months into this, uh, 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 one of a national syndicator heard my show, and the guy scheduled a meeting with me. Now, understand, really? I don't know nothing about nothing. And I show up in his office, and here's what he said to me. He said, you know, people rave about your show, but he said, you have no skill. This is how he, really? this is how he introduced himself to me. He said, wow. people, people love your show. We don't really know why but you, you have no skill, you don't know how to go people. in. So here's what he did. He said, go I'm gonna hire a coach for you because there's something there. So he hires this guy and this guy uh-huh. meets with me one time and he says, we gotta change everything about your show. He said, you're too nice, you're too positive. You only bring people wow. on that you really like. He said, we're gonna change all of that. And then he gave me an assignment. My second meeting, we come together and I said, you know, thank you for your advice, but you're fired. I said, wow. I don't know what you two are talking about, but that is not going to field my soul. And I got to tell you, my calling is from a higher power. My higher power That's says right. I'm not going to be on air and be mean to people. So let's just no. start with that. And you I want to ask you it. this. No, I wouldn't have lasted. You are on a mission. And I know we've got a couple of minutes left. Tell us your vision. Tell us for how you now, with this powerful story, tell us who you want to reach, how you want to reach them, and what change you'd like to see.
2: What change I would like to see is people being more open, honest, transparent, forgiving, and loving. Those are the things I would like to see because we don't have enough of that. Um, I expect to touch young, middle-aged, and the elderly, Dr. Pat, because uh, the reason why I want to touch the young, the middle-aged and the elderly, because the lady read my book, and she found me in a store on a naval base and said, now I understand why my husband eats by himself, because his mother didn't eat with him. And we mm. didn't have breakfast. We didn't have dinner at the table as a family. And I grew up like that. And when I became a husband, I never had dinner at a table with my kids. My two sons, and my wife. Wow. And so, because my mother and father didn't do that.
1: Right. And
2: it was shown that indirectly. But he, he said, and now I understand. She said, I've been married, Mr. Walker, I've been married for 50 years. And now I finally realized why my husband doesn't eat dinner with me at the table. He doesn't hold my hand. Well, he had mommy mm-hmm. issues. And we talked about that. And I wanted to, I want to affect people. I want people to be more transparent, more loving. You know, I want little boys to be more open to giving out hugs and, and yeah. uh, understanding the value of women, I want women to understand that, you know, we we do love you. I want people to be um, more vocal about where, why they are hurting. Especially men, we hold it in. We don't we don't vocalize. We don't talk about it. You know, it could be sexual assault, abuse, or PTSD. Um, I, I plan to reach people around the world. Doctor, that's my goal. And I'm talking to all age groups. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs some type of nurturing, love, and I was that same type of person. I was a broken child. I was a broken young man. I was a broken adult. So I cover all aspects. But I'm planning to go worldwide talking to people and helping people out. Yeah.
1: I got to tell you, thank you so much today. I mean, I will hope you'll come back uh, because you have a powerful message. But for today, how can people get a copy of your book? Uh, Also, website. And then one last question. I'd love to know your personal message. Thank you for everything you're doing.
2: Thank you, Doug. You can have, Um, you can definitely have me back. Um, I'm on Leonor Walker on Facebook and Instagram. My uh, website is iinspire one onecom And get the book on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. is book to get it on Amazon. But Barnes & Noble and Amazon are where, where books are distributed. I'm trying to get them into the libraries and the high schools as well. My message mm-hmm. is to stay positive. Uh, r- rely on yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Love unconditionally. Be fair. Treat people right. And
1: and don't be be evil. Amen for that one. Master Chief, Leon R. (laughs) Walker, Jr. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for everything you're doing.
2: Thank you for having me, Dr. Pat. I'll be in touch.
1: All right. Now, Benny, thank you. We're going to take a short break. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. Because why? Because I didn't listen to that syndicated radio dude that wanted me to be all about angry, Pat. I do get a little angry from time to time because I got issues. Let's take a break. We'll be right back.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.